Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. We are joined by Patrick, Dominique, Zach, gentlemen. How how was Christmas besides sick children? It was great. Amazing. Yeah, real good. We we thought about that eBay thing yet? <laughs> it's in the works. Are you keeping these kids? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Zach I think an is, extraordinary deal. Zach is literally in a closet on his phone within an earshot of, of your daughter or son? Daughters. I have three daughters. Oh, three daughters. Okay. And we are, the rest of us are hunkered down. Kyler was in full IU basketball mo- mode this past week. I think what IU played three games last week. Whenever that. No idea. Uh, no clue. They definitely had two midweek games, the 19th and 21st. So he did not get the much basketball, high school basketball, but he, he'll be back with us next week, I believe. But we got a pretty decent topic, and then we've got our normal rigmarole. Zach may have to pop off here, or hop off here. Pop off's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> pop off means you're going like, to start yelling at people. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday night, so we're a little bit into the week, but hopefully everybody had a good Christmas. What was the best gift that you all got? Patrick, you're up. Health and happiness, man. Spending time with family. That's all I can ask for. That's it? That's all you got? Of course, man. The food was good. The company was good. Um, I'm good. All right. Zach, what was your best gift this year besides avoiding illness? Shoot. Money, probably. Yeah, money. We're getting old, yeah. Dominique. Didn't you say you were? Didn't you say you were playing Goldeneye? I mean, that sounded pretty sweet. Oh, that's right. You uh, got that. Yeah, my brother-in-law has a system set up where he's got like every game from my childhood on his PC, uh, all arcade games, PS One, Super Nintendo, N sixty four. So he got an so, emulator. An emulator. I, I have no idea. Uh, yeah. No clue what all this means, but. I was playing it and it was, it was, took me back. Um, but the best gift, I guess, I mean, I didn't get, they don't get a lot of gifts anymore. My kids get a lot of gifts, way too many gifts. Yeah. Um, but I guess for me, I got a pair of, I like the Air Max 95. So I got a pair oh, yeah. of Air Max 95s. And, Are those the Barclays? Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't believe so. Uh, I've got a, but, I still have my Barclays from way back whenever. But I got a pair of those, and I, I like Air Max 95 and 97, so I got quite a few 97s, a couple of 95s, so I'm, closet's getting full. And you bought your dad another sweatsuit? <laughs> Man, he, yeah. I is that just, I, 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 <clears throat> go ahead. I said, is that just the go-to gift? Like, you, you don't have any ideas, so you just bid him a sweatsuit? I mean, it's hard. Gift. He's got about all of them that he likes, so it's hard to really find Get him find a gift card. Else. Get him a yeah. gift card at Dick's that he'll redeem That's, next March. Yep. 
That's what he got. Exactly what he got. A <laughs> gift card from Dick's. Yeah. Yeah. Will he use it before next March or will he save it till then? And he'll he'll find a way to, to to get somewhere, either South Bend or here in Fort Wayne or anywhere he'll find we'll something. Say they've got dicks up there in South Bend. This isn't the eighties mm-hmm. where these things are Yeah. I don't know. My best gift. I you know, it's I was talking to a friend of mine who was saying that when you're an only child, really only grandchild even on on one one side of my family, and without kids the idea of gifts for christmas just is kind of it changes perspective as everybody sort of you know you know my parents and grandparents pass away and all that and not to get like dark and more but i'm just thinking that i had a good couple of days of relaxing visited my uncle for a little bit cooked we had like a little friends thing that we did yesterday and so i cooked christmas day and I don't know. It was it was a good time. It it's it's a different experience uh, when you don't have kids. Um, but you know, I didn't have any. Especially when you guys were like, "Hey, we can't do it tonight," or you know, record Monday night. I was like, "All right, that's cool. More more time to hang out with friends, I guess." So that so was a good. It was a good time. But my best guest every year now these nowadays is the renewal of my AAA membership. So. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. My uncle gets me that, and I get him movie tickets and gift certificates. So, all right. The Department of Education came out with their enrollment figures for the high schools across the state of Indiana. How that impacts this podcast is that the IHSA this year has voted on a new, um, a new classification system. How they were going to handle that. When it first came out, the breakdown, the the breaking point was was at least at the 4A level. I forget what it was at 3A and 2A, but 4A it was everybody above 1,400, and that really created some complaints among s- some schools. I guess we're going to say 3A schools. Uh, so then they switched it to a straight percentage, so the top 20% team of the teams will become 4A teams. Thanks to Patrick for catching that because I was working on the original proposal. The next 25% are 3A teams. The next 25 are 2A and then the final 30 and any additional therein I, I would imagine uh, at least for the short short time will be 1A teams. And the irony of all that is that the big complaint with the 1400 number was cathedral. And as these new numbers come out with the the new IHSA percentages, cathedral is now the largest is still in three a, but they are now the largest team in three a. And the second largest team in three a is Crispus addicts. So they got what they wanted in terms of more teams in four a, um, they didn't get rid of cathedral and they didn't get rid of addicts. Um, I don't know who benefits from this, who benefits from all this. Everybody talk at once. I mean, the smaller four A's that go to three A, I don't know. I mean, if so, the so the okay, so 
I mean, that's that's you're right. So the teams that it benefits under the under the what will be the new system next year are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen teams. So all this change ends up being for 13 teams, DeKalb, Marion, Plymouth, Evansville Central, New Haven, Ron Colley, Jasper, Shelbyville. Jasper, of course, has a member of its community on the executive committee. Shelbyville, Short Ridge, Columbia City, Jennings County, and then the two that I mentioned, Crispus Attics and Cathedral. Short Ridge wasn't 4A, were they? Are they? Yeah. No, Aren't they 3A? They were, they were 3A, but these new numbers have them a little higher up the list, so they would have been 4A. Okay. Um, is New Haven, Without the new system. Yeah, in the new system. Is New Haven yeah. 4A? Yeah, they're 4A, okay. yeah. And Marion was snuck back into 4A, correct? Or were they? Yeah. Like, okay. They're 4A. So if you, if you don't count Cathedral and you don't count Attics – I don't know why but you got to keep you, you got to keep going down there. Yeah, I mean, it East, looks like East Chicago, Chicago, Riley, West Side, something oh, oh, I see. I, I dipped out at Lebanon. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's three A teams that are higher than four A teams, so that's where it gets kind of confusing. Yeah, that's right. I just dipped out at eleven. I saw the first three A team and stopped. Actually, I right. didn't because I skipped over Shortridge. So I guess yeah. So East Chicago Central, South Bend, Riley, Gary West, East Noble. Kankakee Valley goes back to 3A. Their enrollment think, must drop a lot because they were in 4A <clears throat> for a minute. I thought Lowell was 4A, right? Yeah, Lowell. Yeah. And then that's it. So we're back to how many teams did we add? One, two, three, four, five, six. Like roughly 15, so, 16. So 19 total teams is, is what it benefits. That's basically 5% of the electorate gets out of 4A. And that's really what this is about. Is And it's always been this way. This has nothing to do with current enrollment figures. 4A has always been, the bottom part of 4A has always been closer to zero enrollment than it, than it was the top of their own class. Um, I don't know. I don't think we. Do we feel like we moved the needle? Well, in, I mean, when you're talking about biggest and what it's schools, intended. No, I mean it's. I don't feel like it's. It's a huge, huge difference. I, I'm. I'm old school one class anyway, so I mean it just seems like they're kind of moving the goalpost around just just because they can or because a few schools kind of push for it well at a point that dominique made before we recorded before we started to record is something i've said on here a few times as well it just changes who complains is basically what this does you know especially if and this is maybe a side subject this is actually the, the part i think that kind of motivated us to talk about it if cathedral and christmas addicts the way they're going to be situated next year, especially, are in 3A. 
to hit any of those schools get an advantage? Cleveland's got everyone back. So does Attics. Yeah, I mean, they'll be in each other's sectional, so one will get knocked out early. That may not necessarily be the case, but but they'll – Maybe. <laughs> I was texting with somebody, and I said, well, it would be sweet. <laughs> Look, there's some general thought that Cathedral will opt to stay in 4A. There, there's definitely some general thought on that. Dominique, what, what did you tell me? I think I think they'll opt in. I just I've heard Coach Delaney speak on different podcasts over the last few years, and he always talks about his kids want the smoke, and right. they want you know they want to play the toughest teams and the you know this and that. So I'm I'm thinking that they would voluntarily jump up to four A because if I mean if if that's the case, there's no smoke in three A. All the smoke is in four A, um, and they're going to have you know they're what they're undefeated this year. They got everyone coming back. A lot of seniors next year, so I mean, but like I said, I wouldn't. The, the rules are the rules, so if they stay right. in three A, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, oh, they should move up to four A. But I mean, that's the rules. But I just feel like they potentially, you know, could just opt up on their own to play in four A. The other side of this, and this has been a discussion. Um, is Cathedral just plays the hand they're dealt? And for two years, plays 3A. And then get bumped up. And then they get bumped up due to success factor. Now, we're being presumptuous at that point, but still. They get bumped up due to success factor, and now they're back in 4A. And as long as they continue to win. But there there is a little bit of this. There there are some people, when I say people, I mean coaches, who – are fully on board with the notion of all this does is changes who complains. It's who are we going to pacify next? You know, and it's, it's going to be a never ending. You, you said it before we hit record, Dominique, Patrick brought up the, the brought up the, uh, uh, what's the, Damn word I'm looking for the the analogy the metaphor of moving goalposts. All it does is, is changes which set of coaches or which set now maybe not coaches but which set of fan bases, which set of administrators who are care about sports, complains. You know it doesn't. It doesn't really change much, especially well. Private school haters are still going to hate that too. Private school haters, or it doesn't solve that issue if we believe it's an issue, which I don't. In fact, it makes it worse because Cathedral will be right there. I want Cathedral to stay 3A for two years and just stick it to people. No offense to Coach Hawkins at Attic. I would love it if either one of them. And then the funniest thing would be is if somehow Cathedral managed to go north and Attic's managed to go south. <laughs> And then we just meet in the meet in the middle and, and end of March and a big screw you to those who have really pushed some of this. That's that's my end all be all on this subject. And uh, actually, and I certainly hope they're in different sectionals. Talking about people who complain about some sectionals being stacked or too stacked, that would be a, a little bit of overkill. Why don't we just do it? Cathedral, Addicts, Burbuff, Garen, just put them all in the same section. Well, 
in Jeez. theory, that's in theory, that's kind of how it might shape up, you know. <laughs> Considering how many young guys Crystal House Manual has, all of a sudden, you know, maybe they're a player in this situation. I didn't even see are they three A or they get bumped down to. And then you got Short Ridge over there thinking they don't want to be in that sectional with him. Yeah. They'd, they'd still be the host. Chittard. Yeah, I mean, that would be a brutal sectional. But, again, the hope is that Cathedral would go north and add. No offense to the rest of that area. Yeah, Crystal House would be 2A still. Are they 2A? I, I can't. Yeah. Are they 2A uh, right now? Are they? Uh, they got a enrollment of 420, which is okay. really comfortable in the middle of 2A. Right. I think we need to start looking at them for power rankings, too, by the way. They were a three at one point. I thought maybe I, don't know. I thought they were three A this year. It's the only reason why I haven't had them had them in there, because I still think they're kind of improving. But but the cathedral yeah. the, the cathedral part of this is just so juicy because this goes back to when we started class basketball to begin with because they were three A when it first started. They won the first three A state championship, and Who then did? the next Sorry. cathedral. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then then you had the. Fort Wayne Harding come rolling through at 2A. Now we're going, yeah, Harding. And, and you're thinking, this is not what these guys had in mind when they came up with this class basketball stuff. And I was all for it. I was, I was all for it. Because this has, from the very beginning, been nothing but rural schools, small-town schools who were used to dominating – and now had you know we're getting clumped into against these bigger suburban schools that have grown and outpaced them, and now they they want to get back to the point where they can supposedly have a quote better chance. And then here came those schools, and and of course then it just became a private school. Not that Harding is a private school, but but it became you know just like when Crispus Attics reopened. And you know, then they then they're in a state championship game in a non four A division. None of those things were what they bargained for. They didn't expect to play city schools or, or, you know, they didn't want to play large suburban, large township schools. And you know, by you know, talking like Lawrence North stuff like that. You know, and then here comes. Cathedral private school. Here comes all the different private schools and charter schools along the way. When Crispus Attics reopened, you know, that they were quickly successful, or at least have been since Hawk took over. Uh, Indianapolis Metropolitan winning a state championship, Tinley winning a state championship. It's just been like, you know, what, how, how many other ways can they bend the rules to get what they really, really want? It's just, and it's and here now they come with this and the two biggest schools in 3a are cathedral and crispus addicts i specifically kind of enjoy it <laughs> manual is 3a this year by the way if they have them listed as crystal house so i'm assuming that's manual yeah but then their enrollment drops their, their enrollment dropped to 400 oh i know I, I, no, no 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 so the current enrollment is based on them being a being like a magnet school or a different charter, the current and then their current, but their current enrollment is based on this new charter. 
that they're under. So they've they've changed who their actual charter is, hmm. or how or how they're organized since the last designation. That's why it's such a drop. So they will be two A then next year, according to this. Yes. Yeah. They got a decent sized gym there, four thousand. Yeah. Well, it's manuals. Manuals used to be there. a big. Manual used to be a big school. I mean, it is effectively the iPet, the, the Southside IPS school. I'm gonna say, did Hal go into that as well? We mean go into it. Well, I mean, did a lot of the kids from Hal when it closed uh, up? They go um, I mean, yeah, if they cared about the geography. Okay. I mean, IPS has been open enrollment since the late '80s, so you know you could go anywhere. And but then Howe's been oh man, what was it? I can't remember when it reopened, if it reopened as a charter or if it reopened as a magnet. I can't remember. You know, and it's since reclosed. Yeah, they were strong in two A as as late as like sixteen or seventeen. But definitely fifteen. Yeah. That was the Harris Brown, Dreon Lewis, that group. And the 16 years when they went to semi-state against Providence up at Richmond. But yeah, yeah Manuel, Manuel was the, I want to say the only South Side IPS school. And I mean, well, I guess how. Let's see, what is, where is how? Has how south of Washington Street? I have to look that up real quick, but I'm not, and I'm not going to, but. Yeah, that's uh, your neck of the woods. Yeah, not fully. I I'm I get screwed up on the east side a little bit sometimes with with where they are laterally. West side I got all figured out, but that's because I spent a ton of time there as a kid. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I agree with you, Dominique. There's a there's a side of this where. Delaney will opt in and, and stay in 4A, or at least will will prefer it as the boys coach, boys basketball coach. I don't know if Cathedral will do something as a school. All this is just speculation and discussion. But honestly, I mean, like if Cathedral to... jumps in, does Addicts jump up as well with what they? I done? think I think we had we had Hawkins on, and I. We have to confirm that with him, but I'm pretty sure he mentioned them dropping down to 3A and liking that better. Yeah, I think he would stay there. I mean, I think that's what he said. Look, there's there's some things about IPS that are really Marion County in general that are kind of fast and loose in terms of kids being able to go wherever they want and nobody really doing much about it in terms of other, you know, other than short of transferring. Uh, but, and right now, Addicts is getting their pick of the litter as far as IPS kids. Uh, you know, Tech had a, obviously a nice run when they had Lyles. and But, yeah, I, I I think Addicts will stay 3A. And, again, what's the harm in it? Play the hand you're dealt. If you go out and win, you go out and win big for a couple of years, then you move up. Right. You know, you, you just deal with it. But I, I would love nothing more than to see one of those two schools win a couple of 3A championships or or have them both just win enough. Because let's say they're in the same sectional. 
let's say one of them goes all the way to state one year, the next year the other one goes all the way to state. They won't have enough points to be to be bumped <laughs> up for success factor. So now they just keep knocking each other off, and one of those two schools wins it every year for the next decade. Now that may be the best yep. part. All the all the indie schools win every class. <laughs> <laughs> that may so, be the best the best scenario of all. Not the again, I don't care about the indie part necessarily as I do just <laughs> cathedrals the team, everybody. They were trying. I mean, not that everybody, because obviously they were complaining about the big schools up top, Carmel, Ben Davis, how Fishers is growing. North Central's been part of that mix forever. Warren's actually declining. Uh, Penn, still part of that mix, but I'm, nobody ever really cared about this crap until Carmel started winning. I'll be real. Play the victim card. <laughs> Play the nobody it's cared something about like you. If something like you mentioned happens with Cathedral and Addicts, then they're gonna that's gonna be the push they need to like go private school class only. <laughs> then they'll start they'll start pushing that story. That'll that'll never happen. That'll never happen. They'll get sued. They'll claim discrimination. It'll never happen. What what could happen is you'll see them uh you're bumped up one class higher than your enrollment. Even then they might sue because you'll Again, the only sport that anybody cares about is basketball in this discussion. Maybe it's because I've siloed myself so much into basketball discussions, but we've got six classes in football. I mean, every now and then you get somebody to complain, but. Yeah, you know, I think you the, smaller, the smaller football schools complain about that. Yeah. Soccer, too. I, I Yeah, and that's fair. I, you're. You work at a school, you then you you're around those kids more. I mean, I'm around kids, but it's a different set of kids every day. I don't really get to know them too well, but the I don't know. It just it just if you bumped up private schools one class higher than what they their enrollment is, if nothing else, you'd make the people who complain just look silly. When they when they initiated and I've said this a few times when they initiated class basketball when they voted on it, I was a JV coach at Eminence. We were the fifth smallest public school in the state of Indiana, and we we voted against class sports because our basketball coach was the AD. He didn't care. I mean, he wanted to play the best. We wanted to play Mooresville. We wanted to play Martinsville. Those first two years, we weren't going to be competitive. Well, the first year we did, our first year was one class. Our second year was first year class. But we we wanted to play the bigger schools. We didn't want to be part of a dumbed-down tournament. And I have enjoyed some of the success stories along the way. It, it does definitely changed the dynamics of, of the sport in terms of you know, just there are some good stories there. It has definitely changed the dynamics of what's a good coaching job and what's not a good coaching job. And we've, I think we've talked about that in the past as well. But I just look at this cathedral and addicts being the two largest three A teams. I just get a big chuckle out of it. It's, I think it's I got a, I got a question on that. You think if, if, you know, next year cathedral, let's say they stay in three A, they're gonna have, they're gonna be you know, 
if we're talking power rankings, all classes, Cathedral is probably going to be one, two, three, somewhere in that range next year overall. <laughs> and they win the state title in 3A. Are they going to, is it going to be kindly kind of looked at as like an asterisk by their name if they win the 3A when they <laughs> should, you know, is that going to be talked about or? I mean, we book. might, we might say it, but I, those kids and those parents and the, that school, they're not going <clears> to. <throat> I'm not say it. I had a kid on that 98 I kid I coached in that 1998 team. I loved every second of it for him. Was it Hangy? No, it was Grant Sterley. But he was okay. he was a three-year starter for them. Um, and he was he was let's see he would that had been his junior year. No, and I think a lot of people again, a lot of people complained that, that year because Hey, wait a minute. Why do we got to play Cathedral? <laughs> We're going to be back yeah, to, like, hey, wait a minute. Why do we got to play Cathedral? Yeah, like Madison in the semi-state that year. They were that year? Yeah, 98. I, I remember their, 90, their 94, 95 teams, but who was the 98? Yeah, the 98 team had Bullington and Leiter oh, and Bass and okay. Darborough. Yeah, oh, I remember Yarborough, and well, I definitely remember Bullington, but future Pittsburgh Pirate, right? Number one draft pick. Yep. You know, if you're Brebuff, you got to be like, oh man, it's not Cathedral still. <laughs> not that they're afraid to play them, and they're in the same boat as far as being private schools, but they just had a hard time getting over that hump. Yeah, you know, Dominique, Dominique, it's 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 kind of rare, and I think about sometimes like what three A champs would have been able to compete and beat four A teams, and I know they had a tournament of champions, and that was super watered down. But yeah, there's that, that was a joke. Yeah, there's there's not many I can really think of off the top of my head. I mean, and that's we're talking hypotheticals. Uh, I know the Washington, the Zeller, Tyler Zeller year. Brownsburg won four A. Those teams, those Zeller teams, struggled against big schools. Okay, well, it's they, it's they rare. They didn't play a ton of them. They didn't really ever schedule up. I know that the Luke Zeller teams weren't going to beat anybody at the four A level. No, they got slapped around pretty good in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, especially that year with. Gosh, what was it that year? McRoberts was with Carmel. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's pretty much the case with, you know, 1A, 2A, 3A are all, you know, kind of comparable. 4A is just a different level. I think that's pretty, you know, that's pretty obvious, I would say. Not I mean, groundbreaking. Silver Creek fans would like to think their 2021 team, their 29, you know, whatever no. their their teams would be, but. They got beat by 30 by Lawrence Central. Yeah, I think that was 20. One of those years in the Hall of Fame, Lawrence yeah, Central beat them by 30. But once you get past, you know, their game in 19 against, what was it, Culver? I mean, that was a rock fight. Yeah, I was. I was there. And I don't care what you say. Once you get outside of – once you get beyond Kopp and Red and Jacoby, let's see, 21 was what? Was that Car – that was Carmel. Okay, so – That was shut down that year. No, 21 wasn't. Okay, 20 was. Okay. Yeah, 20 was. Lawrence North is really good that year. Lawrence North and, yeah, Lawrence North and Carmel. 
That was 2021. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying the year they got shut down, Lawrence North was really Correct. good. Yeah. <clears throat> then Lawrence North went to the – got lost to Carmel in overtime in 21. Yeah. Yep. We had that would have been stuff. Kaufman's senior year. Yep. And, and Jacoby. Jacoby. Yeah. yeah. It's the other guys that I think would have faltered. Yeah. I mean, they they struggled against Leo the one year. Leo almost beat them. Was that that yeah. – well, was that that was year? junior year? I think their junior year is when they would have got shut down, right? Yeah, is when is when we had COVID. But mm-hmm. but so, and, let, and make no let's be honest, the Silver Creek without COVID they would have three peated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Without COVID they would have three peated. Twenty one, their losses were to North Harrison, Fort Wayne Blackhawk, New Albany by nine. And then Bloomington South, they lost in the 40s. They didn't have Kaufman in that Blackhawk game. I remember that. He was injured. And North Harrison were some good teams, but... Yeah, there was the 3A state final game. They beat Leo by a point. They beat what was still probably a pretty good Connorsville team by a point in the regional. I just don't see them beating Lawrence North or Carmel. No. Was it that Garen? One of the years Garen almost got him, I thought. Somewhere. Well, it was the same year. It was an eight. They, depending on what you want to, you know, depending on what you want to think there on. They beat Garen Catholic by eight, okay. but it was a, probably... it was a tight game down to the down to the final minute or two. Right. Um. The 2020 year when they went 25 and two, Lawrence Central beat them by 32, Bloomington South beat them by three. You know they beat New Albany, probably not a great New Albany team. They beat Jeff by one. Uh, let's see, 2021. Wait, what year was that? No, 2020. 2020, New Albany was 14 and 10. And then Jeff was 2020. Jeff was 18 and six. So not, not, not bad years. Not, but did Floyd Central play Silver Creek that year? 2020. I would imagine they did. Nope. Yeah, they did. So their best win would have been the one point win over Floyd Central. That year, because Floyd Central ended up winning that sectional before it all got shut down. Yeah, they had a great, great teams going through there. I just don't think they would have uh, been able to to win the four A. All right, anything else? Any other? I, I do. I do think there's a reality. Well, I mean, it could go either way. I, Dominique, what you said about things Delaney has said in public in the past. I don't know. The only thing I would say, I don't know that it was in full context of what happens if we were to move down to 3A, was it? No, no, it, was it wasn't full context like of that. We're just going to schedule the toughest schedule we can. Yeah, I was talking about scheduling La Lumiere, yeah. the, you know, the hardest teams they can schedule type of stuff. Right. So. Of course, La Lumiere didn't show up that game. So <laughs> That's right. I mean, Cathedral could make it from Indy to Laporte, but Lalamira couldn't make it from the north side of Laporte. 
to you know the middle of Laporte. So color me crazy, but uh, yeah, I mean, but I also think there's a reality where they're like, look, this is the hand we're dealt. We're going to play in three A for a year or two. We're going to, and if we get success factor, then we'll move up. If not, then we'll stay here and continue to take what we get. I just love that they're the top, the two biggest teams in 3A going forward. I just, I get a real kick out of that. <laughs> and it's no indifference to the kids. The kids aren't the one who's complaining. It's the adults in the room. And <laughs> I just, I think it's funny. I don't know. I like, I like irony. So that's about as, about as good as you can get right there. Um, we, we didn't even talk about two. I mean, again, it just was all about the foray stuff and, and how, how are you going to get away from the mega teams and here the new rules are pushing down one of the mega teams. All right. Anything else before we move on to our normal stuff? That's it. It looked like Fort Wayne Blackhawk was going to stay in 2A, even though their enrollment was at a 1A level. That's what I've got here. I didn't even scroll down that far. Didn't it say something about success factor there? It did say success factor. Yeah. It did say success factor. Yeah, I don't feel quite as vitriolic about it at that level. But Blackhawk's not going to have the same talent they've had rolling through there. No, not not with the current group of younger guys they got. There's there's no firsts or pickets on the horizon. No, we're running out of Davidsons, right? Yes, kid wise, I think, I mean, we're running out. Yeah, yeah, yep. They got a younger Sefton that's playing varsity right now, starting for him, right. but. But yeah, they, uh, you know, this year they're they're good. They're good. They're not what they've been. And then next year they'll still have Pickett and Sefton, so they'll still be there. But yeah, they're certainly not going to be what they've been in the past. Not unless they get transfers or yeah. All right, Zach's still with us. Zach, yes, top yes. game, brother. Oh shoot, we're going like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I'm giving, letting you go first since you're the one that might have to duck out. I didn't even write anything down for it. Top oh. game. Uh, which two did I see? I, saw I don't ever write anything ones. down. It's just whether or not I can remember where I went. Let's, well, I'm trying it to seems like out. a while ago. Man, it does. Yeah, well, Saturday is a long time. We're in, since we're already <laughs> into this week, into the next week. I mean, I saw four. I saw five games today, counting four in person and one on stream <laughs> that we that I can't talk about yet. Shoot, what did we watch? What was our second game? Saturday, huh? I forget now. Oh, you're doing that. Oh, the Kokomo stuff. Yeah, Kokomo stuff. I forgot about that. Uh, see, I forget what I was doing Saturday already. We saw Riley get beat by Kokomo, and the, sec- and the second game was uh, – Shoot. Mount Vernon or Mount Vernon and Jeff. 
Oh, let's see. Yes, Mount Vernon and Jeff. Jeez. I, I'll probably go with that one, I guess, just because it wasn't as bad as the Riley Kokomo one. Mount Vernon and Jeff. Mount Vernon, I love their dudes. Sophomores. Paro had a great game. Uh, who? Julian Smith. What's, there's one more. Romani Wells, I think. Yeah, he, he was shooting the ball well. Uh, but then I like I like Jeff's three-headed monster too, and Singleton and Cooper and PJ Douglas kid. Uh, all underclassmen, also. Both, both teams. teams, yeah, yeah, both teams. Part. That's I just love the talent coming up in those next two classes. The twenty fives and twenty sixes are really good. Uh, but yeah, that's probably my best game. Jeffersonville, Mount Vernon. Cool. Uh, let's see. Where do I go Friday? Go ahead, Dominique. Best game. I'm going to go Tuesday night, Warsaw at Carroll. Um, really impressed with Warsaw. They got a lot of guys that can uh, can play, contribute, shoot, score. Um, uh, Luke Yeager came out. Um, he's definitely progressed. Um from last year. Like, I think he started the game with two dunks against Carroll. I'm not sure he was like drop step dunking last year at all. Seems like he's got that kid's an absolute steal. He looks like he uh, has gotten more explosive. Um, I did uh, see him play in the scrimmage at the start of last season, his junior year. He's a senior now against Kokomo where he hit five threes from the perimeter and uh, he had another one in the in the fourth, and this one that looked good. It hit nothing but the net. It looks like he can step out and shoot it. He can score it inside. He's strong. He's physical. He played really well. Robbie Finlinson was hitting shots, hitting a ton of three. I think he had four threes. Um, Brand Martin had a really good game. He hit a three and really strong inside as well, scoring around the rim, taking contact. Uh, Luke Bricker was really good. Um, for Warsaw, um, Carson Gould kind of runs the show. I think he unofficially had 10 assists that game. He didn't shoot a lot, and I know he can score, but this game he was dishing and running the team. Um, but it was close all the way throughout, really high scoring, a lot of, lot of buckets. And that's the thing with Carroll. If they're going to accomplish what they want to accomplish this year, they're going to have to sit down and defend. Uh, they, they're really good on offense. They can hit shots. They got guys who can score, but – do they want to play defense? I don't know. Um, the games I've seen so far, they haven't been. Um, but, you know, Jackson Parton played really well. Cannon Hauser played really well. It's kind of the Jackson Parton, Cannon Hauser show for most of the game. They were both hit shots from everywhere. Um, but in the end, it got it got close right at the end. And Warsaw made a few more plays. I think um, someone got an and one. I think Brant, maybe Brant Martin got an and one. That, uh, it was 59-59. Brant Martin got an and one to go up three. Um, I can't remember now what the heck happened. It was feel like it was forever ago. But Warsaw ended up winning by five. I think Carroll had a shot at the buzzer. to, or at, It wasn't at the buzzer, but at the end they were down three. And Pardon got double teamed and, and forced one up and missed it. And then uh, Warsaw hit two free throws to win by five. Uh, so it was, it was a good game. It was entertaining. You know, sometimes in the past, Warsaw has kind of been known and <clears throat> to, you know, play a little bit slower sometimes. I think maybe that's kind of a result of the talent they have or 
you know, off guys who have the offensive ability. And I think they have a lot of those dudes this year. And they're looks like when I see them play, it looks like they're getting up and down, getting shots up and pretty, pretty fun to watch. So uh, that, that was my game of the week. Yeah, I think uh, I know I watched it. Jim, did you watch it too? Which game? The Warsaw game? Yeah. Did you stream it? No. Okay. It's, it's a real shame. Uh, Jaeger's not a, junior with the rest of those guys they would be looking real nice next year yeah i think they have 11 juniors i think something like that a lot of them are juniors so i'll be back go ahead who's the man on that carroll team is it hauser is it pardon i mean it looked like pardon is gonna take the shots yeah i would say pardon i mean they're both and then uh jayer samson as well he's had a couple 30 point games this year uh, he played better in the Wayne game than he did against Warsaw, but he, he was battling foul trouble. I think he had four fouls in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say probably Pardon, and then Hauser's there, Samson's there. They got, they, like I said, they definitely have some. They have offense. They can score the ball. It's just about are they going to get down and gritty and defend? So. Yeah, I noticed when they got the ball down to Jaeger and gave him touches, it was. It was barbecue chicken for him. I mean, he was he was eating in the paint when they got him when they got him the ball. And they got shooters they around. They should probably give it give it to him a little more, you know, work inside out. But they came through with it. Go ahead, Patrick, with your game. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Zach Tyler's favorite, the East Chicago Central Cardinals against sure, Maryville right. Pirates. <laughs> So I watched, uh, I, think, I believe that was Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday night. I streamed that. Uh, back and forth game. I mean, Merrillville was up early, and this is kind of what East Chicago does. They they go on these little 8-0, 2 runs, and then, they, and then they lose the lead within a minute or two, and then they go back up. So they're kind of up and down like a roller coaster that way. It makes it more entertaining, you know, as a fan to watch it. But uh, – Dominique Murphy, I mean, he, he's been on his game lately. He had 27 that night. He's been hitting mid-ranges. He's been, you know, battling inside. His outside shot's been falling. And he's also, you know, there's some other guys around him that have been stepping up. I mean, Yamari Wallace had 17. Jameel Rich had 16. So, they Merrillville's, you know, not a state contender, but they're no scrubs. They have, you know, they have some good pieces, and I like their – Six seven senior Preston Saya. I think he finished with 18, but you know, you get that kind of production from three kids from East Chicago, they're going to be tough to beat any night. And it goes back to what Dominique was saying about teams you know, who are they willing to sit down and play defense against? Saya, a crown point kid, Zach. Yeah, yeah, he was. And then he went to prep school or something, or no? They went prep and now he's back. Gotcha. At Maryville. Okay. Yeah, he went to Bosco, I think. Yeah, yeah he went away, too, I think, for a second. That, yeah, some of that stuff is – Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know what – I think it's like a chocolate syrup, isn't it? I don't know what sometimes – Bosco. Families are thinking. Yamari Wallace, man. That, I like that kid, Zach. I mean – told is he, you. Is he going – is he going to slide into D1 eventually? What's – What's he I looking think so. like? I think he can. I think it's definitely an opportunity for him. Well, he, like he could handle it a little. I mean, it's I don't know junior. about his outside range, but 
Looks like he could get to the basket. He's tough inside. He can handle. He's yep, yep. good. I think he's got a shot. South Bend Riley, Mount Vernon. That was my that was my game of the week. I don't know that I saw great games last week. I mean, I saw games I wanted to see, but Carmel Cathedral didn't didn't wasn't really close. What else did I see? Park Heritage and South Putt Thursday night. Where did I go Tuesday night? Tuesday night I went. Oh, Zionsville took care of Bloomington North, but. South Bend Riley, Mount Vernon. I, you know, again, you know, we already touched on Mount Vernon being, being young, playing a lot of sophomores, a couple of good juniors. Uh, then, you know, the, the the crux of the the core of, well, maybe not the core. I'm trying to look at. I'm looking at some of their grades, some of their kids in their rosters on, but, I mean, basically, it's it's Peyton Baird. I mean, he was he was fabulous. And he was fabulous against Mount Vernon. He hit some big shots. Uh, I think he had what twenty four, maybe in the final game. So he had half, almost half their points. And the fourth quarter was such a back and forth affair that you know really could have gone either way. And it was, and obviously it's it's an understatement when it's a one point game. But you know, Bear just kept making plays. He hit shots, rebounds, every, you know, anything he needed to do, he did. Um, Mount Vernon, you know, you already mentioned Julian Smith. You already mentioned Para. I, I think there's some times where they go away from, like, to me, Jewel with what they've got. I mean, they're one of their best guards. Curdles hurt. Uh, so, you know, he'll be back in late January. If he can come back at ninety percent of what he was last year, or what what they expected him to be this year, then he'll certainly make them better, and it will change the dynamic of that team a little bit. They'll have to learn to play with him. Is what's going to have to happen, and he'll have to learn to play with with you know teammates that have you know, had different roles. Uh, but I, you know, in that case, to me, I think more would maybe revolve around Julian Smith a little bit. I think that would help them in certain situations. I think there's a few times each game where possessions get away from them, and it's because the ball's not going through him to make shots. And I don't mean in the half quarter, but I mean even just in loose ball situations. If they're not getting great shots, it's usually because Julian Smith didn't touch it, you know, or you know, or, or Teschendorf is obviously another one too for them. He's a junior. And, you know, those two kids are the guys that I think, I mean, they've got other kids that can make plays, but those are the two kids that I think with what they've currently got healthy, that when it's loose, unless unless someone's getting all the way to the basket, it's got to be one of those two guys involved, either in the in the shot or the pass. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else, I think, leads to, it leads to questionable results, even though individually they've got, They've got decent depth, and they're you know they're just going to get deeper once Erdl comes back. But, but you know we we've not seen the best of Armani Wells yet either, and that's I don't think that's going to come this year. I think as he continues to grow into his body, I think that's going to be a kid that we we hear a lot more about as he gets to be a junior and a senior. But right now he's a very potent outside shooter. He's got length. Uh, he he definitely. Uh, 
there's some times where he's a little loose defensively, but he is he certainly has has the length and certainly a good enough athlete where he can, he's able to make plays on that side of the ball or that end of the court. So uh, all in all, a fun game. It was nice to see South Bend Riley bounce back after kind of getting bruised up a little bit in the earlier game against Kokomo. Uh, it, you know, and it was, you know, just, I don't know. It was good watching Alex get the coach too. So it was kind of a fun day for me watching three guys that I coached coach. And What happened on that technical? I couldn't tell what happened on the stream. Oh, against Kokomo? It was ridiculous. Yeah. Alex calls timeout, <laughs> steps out on the court to yell at his players. He's upset about something. And the official thought he was talking to him and teched him. Okay. So then, that was weird. So then as as they have further discussion, well, first of all, the official that gave him the tech wouldn't come over and talk to him. That's frustrating in itself. But then later when there was a dead ball, actually that later when there was a timeout, another timeout, the explanation was the, the official admitted he made a mistake, which he could have rescinded in real time. You can't you can't go back and do it. But then he told Coach Daniel, "Don't worry about it. it didn't really have it didn't really impact the game. It's no big deal." And Alex was like, oh, "Dude, I'm like madder at you now than I was when you gave me the tech." Because absolutely, it does matter. We've got administrators that track that type of stuff. You've got people who, I don't know, use that kind of crap against it. It took him out of the ability to maybe work for more calls later in the game. Now, in that case, it wouldn't have mattered. But, you know, especially now with a two-game suspension following an ejection, that's right. just doling out text when you're wrong. Is It's just not right. He said something about he's not going to report it to the IHSA. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know what that means. I mean, it's in the scorebook. They, they would have to. I guess I don't know the official reporting system. If, if that's the case, if that's maybe their opportunity to rescind it, as far as you know, whether or not it has anything to do with the coach being suspended. But, but if he had picked up a second tech in that game, he would have been ejected, and that would have had to have been noted. That was leading the second one, right? Yeah. I don't know how does- you know. Zach knows more about the first, the first, the ejection he had earlier in the year. Do do we know if a player gets ejected? That's two games as well. I don't think so. One game. I think it's just one. I think we give officials at the high school level too much power when it comes to technicals because you get at the college level at the NBA level you get free throws but no possession. It just it it stoppage play, so it goes back to where the game stops. So, if you've got the ball and you get a tech, you you still have the ball. And and at the high school level, kids college now this is the same in college too. You know, if you get a technical, that counts as a personal foul. You know, and if something strange were to happen later in the game. You know, like you get, say you get teched for a dunk, you know, for because you lift yourself up or something. Now that kid's ejected. I, I don't know. I just think we give too much power at the high school level to the officials on the on the side of calling a technical. And I, I don't I don't think they do it with any sort of sense of purpose other than, you know, trying to get control of the game. But at the same time, it really can shift momentum. 
And, you know, in the, in the case of the Kokomo game, it, it probably didn't. Because I think the damage was about two-thirds of the way done. But I thought the explanation that the official gave Coach Daniel was was just inadequate. Let's just be nice about it. Certainly looks strange on the stream. It was lazy. That's what it was. He could have rescinded it. He could have he could have played it back through, maybe consulted the other two officials and said, you know what, I made a mistake. I misheard. Because it's not often you call timeout. I mean, it's not it, you know, coaches will call timeout and go right at a referee, but one of the other official made the comment to him that you're halfway on the floor. I'm like, well, I called a timeout. Of course he's going to be on the floor. And since he wasn't addressing the officials, who cares where he was? I don't know. I, I just thought it was lazy. Zach, top team. Yeah, I totally forgot I went and saw Valpo Noel on Thursday night. I just remember oh that. Oh, my gosh. Good night. <laughs> we need to re-record the pod. We need to start over. Yep, start, start over. over. Start, start over. over. Welcome to Courts of the Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. Jeez. Thursday night was a good night. Between In case you Valpo haven't heard, Cathedral's going to be in 3A. Oh, oh we're not doing I'm, I'm all over the place. What am, I, am I doing what again now? Best team? Yeah. Yes. Oh, jeez. All right. Anyway, Thursday night was a good game between Nolan Valpo. FYI. Smiley's good. Smiley's really good. Uh, Caleb Parks is tough. Uh, best game or best team is was Kokomo. Holy smokes. They were a well-oiled machine. <laughs> Firing all cylinders Saturday when I saw him. Uh, watched a little bit of the night game, too, Wait, later at night when I got home and still just doing work. Uh, when they've got Barris Moore scoring and Bellamy and Beard and obviously Flory, but Carson Rogers. And then you go into their bench a little bit with, with uh, A.P. Mitchell here and there and uh the Fort Wayne dude, Corbin Hamill, right? Hamill. Yep. 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 They they uh they got things going. That's for sure. So we'll be interesting to see that moving forward. Ferris Moore is X Factor with that group. Yeah. Um, he's I think really he could nice. be that Shane Spear type of guy. I mean he's got the physical he's got the physical ability to be a tougher matchup on smaller guards. And I think if they can find some consistency with Hamill on defense, on the defensive end of the floor, I don't know. You know, I'm not at practice. I don't know what he looks like there. You know, and I know you coaches often fall into the pattern of believing in their seniors, believing in guys that have been there. But Corbett Hamill did the best job on guarding Alex Kudo when they played Carmel. And Kudo lit up Beard. And a lot of that was just because Beard's smaller. And I, I think we talked, I think I talked a little bit about it in the last pod. We talked about that game, but but then you watch how Moore just continues to impress or continues to progress and get better, be more consistent with the ability to make big plays. I think Hamill's a kid that defensively gives them additional length at the at the wing where they can do different things 
defensively because now they they just would have more size at the at the you know one through three. Not the not the beard shouldn't be playing, but at the same time, I, I think just watching them play what two or three times the last week. I think there's something there defensively in Hamlin if they can figure out if it's consistent or not. Yeah, Saturday night was my first time watching Kokomo this season. And both teams, it's rare, but both teams really exceeded my expectations. I mean, Kokomo, they looked really good. Their guys, their role guys stepped up. Jeff played well. They fought to the end. That was That was a really nice game for both teams. What game? Oh, I watched Avon that night on stream. That's what I did. I because I've got it. one of the you know one of their kids plays going to be playing for me next year. So I watched them against Northeastern. That's why I didn't watch that Kokomo Jeff game. Missed out on that one. I yeah I, I did go back and forth a little bit, but all right, Dominique, top team. Uh, top team. I'm going with uh, Richmond. I've seen them play Friday night at Southside. And um, they're a tough team to to kind of gauge right now. I mean, their schedule is, isn't the hardest schedule I've ever seen. Um, it's pretty, it's been pretty weak. Yeah. You could say that. Um, and then they have their Richmond tournament starting up in a couple of days. And it doesn't seem to be as strong as it has been in the past as well. Um, so it's hard to gauge, but they, they really have a nice team. Um, Mason Carpenter led him with 16. He was really good. Uh, just a really good guard. Uh, hits shots from the perimeter, pulls up and hits shots, fishes at the rim. Cedric Horton had 15. He's really uh, – he's definitely a Division One kid. 6'5 uh, or so wing. Can shoot it. Super athletic. Yeah. Um, can really uh, – make some highlight plays at the rim. Um, Ryder Kate was good for them as well. He ended with 12. They just have, they have a lot of balance, a lot of guys who can step up and make plays. Uh, Julian Smith off the bench can really shoot, really can shoot it from three. He had ended with eight. And then Braden Hogg, the transfer from, uh, I believe, Seton Catholic, correct? Yes. Yeah, I like his game as well. You know, he hit a three. He had a really nice Euro step finish. He looks like he can really play as well. Uh, they have a six eight kid. They play down low, Gavin Haynes, who was okay. He had four, but just providing some size for him as well. Which I mean, he's, he's six eight. He's senior. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Um, Cedric Horton six five six six. Ryder Cates right around the six four range or so. So they got they got some size. They got athleticism. They got guys who can shoot. Uh, so, you know, they, they got a nice scene. Like I said, it's kind of hard to gauge with the schedule they played. Now they beat Marion by 20. I think Marion, they're Marion's 500. So, but they have some talent there at Marion. Um, but it's really kind of hard to gauge so far with the, the strength of schedule, but, right. but yeah, they, they got a, they got a nice team. I think they can definitely, uh, in their, in their sectionals loaded. Oh, well, they got a lot of good teams in there with Anderson, Greenfield, Mount Vernon. No, it's loaded. Utah. Yeah, so they're gonna. But I think with the talent level they have, they have they definitely have. They're one of the teams that can win that for sure. Wait, um, Billy, <clears throat> Billy's gonna do. A, has already done a fantastic job, and his his yeah, he does a good job. 
it's the same conversation you have with Sharon down at Jeffersonville. Your first job is to keep everybody home. Not not just the guys that are there already, but the middle school kids. Huh. It, you know, part of that is stay home, come to Jeff. You know, and, and in Jeff's case, it's also be attracted to kids who live in the area who may go to other schools. Richmond doesn't necessarily have that. They don't have big schools around them. And that's the only excuse you can have for their schedule is they are kind of on an island, uh, you know, as far as big schools to play, not unlike Terre Haute teams, you know, where everything else is a drive, you know, to play anybody. Of and that schedule spread out too. That, that conference, it, it, the conference definitely is, you know. But they their traditional rival. You know, some of their I shouldn't say traditional rivals. Connorsville is definitely a rival, a traditional rival. Uh, Jay County is not a traditional rival per se, but they play them. I think every year, or at least have for many number of years. That's a drive, you know. And they so they are kind of out there on their own a little bit. You know Newcastle and Connersville and are their two closest opponents as far as. Could somebody you know, tell me why in the hell they play at Madison this year? Who Jeff? I mean Richmond. Richmond. Mm-hmm. I mean it's that, better than that's playing. That's the most random game in the state. But at least Madison's a three A school that. You know that. Has a decent chance of producing talent on a somewhat regular basis. I, I'm, you know, I know they're down, but and maybe even not very good right now, but I don't, you know, I don't fully know, you know more about that than I do, but. Just a but, random game to see on the schedule. Like we've never played Richmond down here. Two homeschool teams, Phelan Academy, which is a brand new charter school in Indianapolis that I don't know anything about. Northside homeschool. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the, the team from Ohio. I don't think has won a game where they've won one game, something like that. Yeah, they probably have more options to go into Dayton than they do, hmm. or as many options going to Dayton as they would look toward Indianapolis. I mean, when Billy played, they would play Indianapolis schools, you know, and he played on some really, really good teams. And yeah, when they're good probably teams, get him ready for a semi state, and they're good teams in the in, in the mid, you know, the mid hundreds or the mid thousands. With Dominique and all those guys, they played teams. They played Plainfield, which was always good. They played, uh, they played Arlington every year. You know, they came to Indy, and I don't know that they won't come to Indy. Um, but I also don't know. Let me see if I can find their schedule without digging too deep into it. I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't know who they play. They know the back half of their schedule is going to be tougher, but they don't play really any indie schools this year. No. I sure would have liked to have seen that Dominique James Deontay Vaughn matchup back oh, in the it was, day. It was fun. Those were some fun games. I missed that one. Muncie Central was was that was during Muncie Central's back to back state championship mm-hmm. runs as well. I mean, those were some and those were some great teams. Um now, I did see Dominic James in the sectional when they lost to Muncie Central. I believe that was, that was at Richmond. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all. Yeah. All those were there. I mean, that Kokomo was – Anderson was number one in the state. Kokomo was good. I mean, the North Central Conference was still 
the North Central Conference. Uh, Newcastle had some nice teams. Centerville, probably some of the best teams they've ever had there. Uh, those are the Brandon Mays years. Um, Newcastle would have had Zach Vaughn around that time. Zach Hall Zach, would have been, a, yeah, a freshman and sophomore. Chase DeGaulle. Yep. Um, you know, the manual was, I mean, Roncalli was good. Plainfield was sort of good, although that was the year he had 55 points against Plainfield. Delta. Um, but, yeah, they played Arlington, too. In his junior year, Arlington, they got they smacked him around. They didn't fare too well against Arlington. <laughs> but no, only Lawrence North fared well against Arlington. All right, top team, Patrick. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down here and I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put one foot on the Evansville Christian bandwagon. <clears throat> they had a. They had a hell of a week. I mean, they they beat Paoli, they beat Scottsburg, and they beat Brownstown. You know, with or without Benner, it's a good win. It's a good win for them. One A school. They've got some size. They got Luke Davis, who's six seven. They've got six four Jackson Cheeser. Uh, I mean, that's a big difference maker at that one A level. Um, I got them and Orleans and Indy Lutheran. I mean. This probably puts Evansville Christian just just ahead of those two at the moment, but uh, I think Josiah Dunham. I mean, he's got a good shot at being an Indiana All Star if he he keeps it up. It was a hell of a shot he made on Saturday night. Oh, the one where he traveled. Yeah, the one where he had the forearm in his body the whole time. <laughs> All right, my yeah. top team, huh? Evansville Christian. That was it. That's my, Evansville that's Christian my squad. Mine's Cathedral. They uh, they were impressive against Carmel Friday night. Uh, they've they've got a lot of weapons. There's seven legitimately seven deep, even though they play more than seven. Um, but they they've got they've got a lot of answers that they don't have the size that they've had in the past. You know, and they don't have you know even a kid like Zach Meeks who was came off the bench for them last year who's focusing on football. That's a, that's a six foot seven inch probably two hundred and what thirty pound body that yeah that, that they could use. You know, Aiden Hughes is their muscle right now. Six foot three, six foot four inch junior. And that's a big key to what they're doing right now. They don't really play any seniors. I mean they do Sheldon Gatland is, is their they're one senior that gets any sort of significant minutes without I – mean, I mean, I guess I can look at their schedule or their roster real quick to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Um, Senior-wise? Um, I know. They, that's it. I mean, yeah, even – They're big 6'8", six, 6'7", six, long kid. Yeah, Sheldon, yeah. yeah. I mean, Anthony Fields played some, but they are He's, all – I thought he started at the beginning of the year. but Well, if he did, I mean, I think – that's probably some. There's some logic there, but now Aiden Hughes is starting. Yeah. So, but that. everything else is underclassmen. They've only got they've got three seniors on their roster, and that's it. And you know LeBron Goff. They've got Derek Kennedy. They've got the Hughes, who I mentioned. Keaton Aldridge is a six foot four inch 
sophomore who's I think their second leading scorer, their leading rebounder. Does anyone then, play harder than him, or is that just on the stream? I'm missing something. It looks like he plays extremely hard. He's got a good motor to him, no question about it. No question. I mean, he is he loves getting downhill. He's very aggressive with the ball. And, you know, he he's his shot has really improved too. Since I first saw him at the very beginning of his, uh, maybe the tail end of his eighth grade summer. But then a lot of it just revolves around Brady Kohler, and I'll get to more, get on him more a little bit later. Not to give it away, but. Don't forget about cash money, Daniels. Yeah, he did some good things. He, He did some good things for them as a freshman, and that's, you know. Yeah, you know, freshman to even get into that roster is means he's pretty tough. He, you know, the thing with the thing with this game, and it, you know, I'm there obviously wanting Carmel to win and do well, and and I and I saw some progress, but Cathedral's defense was just their defensive pressure was just so intense. There were too many live ball turnovers for Carmel to succeed that game, and you know that's something they hadn't really done a lot of so far early in this season is have those live ball turnovers. Even against Kokomo, they didn't really give up too many live ball turnovers. Um, But against Cathedral, it just too many situations where they lost the ball at the point of attack. And there's just no way to recover from that defensively. And Cathedral just has too many talent, too many talented kids who can finish. And, you know, especially, well, I mean, especially for their fight golf, Kennedy, Kohler, and and Aldrich. You know, those guys are, especially Goff and Kohler and Aldrich, those guys are terrific in transition. But yeah, Cathedral, top team, probably, probably so far early on the top game, I top team performance I've seen all year so far. Not and I haven't seen Lawrence North yet, so we'll, we'll hopefully get that out. Of, we're getting that out of the way here in the next week or so. But yeah, so far Cathedral. I'm not I'm not saying they're number one in my in my mind from a power ranking perspective, but of the teams I've seen, they are um, that's the best performance I've seen so far. Even better than Fishers over Noblesville. All right, Zach, top player. All right, top player. I might have to get out of here after this. Um, senior Carson Rogers from Kokomo. Really like what he did against Riley. He played well in the last game, too. He had 22 and 15, 14 against Riley. He's just a force inside, super athletic, long, gives you fits on defense. I'm just. I, he didn't hit any threes when I saw him play, but he shot a couple. So I don't know if that, that's something that needs to improve for him probably then. If, that's why he's not getting any – or doesn't have any offers yet. But, I mean, I, he could be one of the top athletes in the Crossroads League now if somebody hooked on to him and wanted him. I mean, I just – I like his game. Seems to have a good motor. Uh, yeah, Carson Rogers, Kokomo Sr. Cool. Dominique? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Luke Bricker from Warsaw. He was one of my 2025 breakout candidates on our earlier previous pod we did. And he's had a 
really good year. He's had a 30-point game, had a couple of different 20-point games. And against Carroll on Tuesday night, he had 21. 18 of his 21 was in the second half. And um, he's just a kid you can't – I mean, he's got to be at the top of the scouting report, man. He's can't give him any room. He's getting he's getting his three ball off. He can hit him at a high uh, clip. Um, I think he's still get you know, um, I think he's still. I'm trying to th- think of the right word. I'm trying to trying to get to he. You know, he's long. He's getting taller. I think he's still growing into his body. Um, and um, but I mean, it's been noticeable that he's gotten quicker, better off the dribble. He's gotten taller, longer. Um, I think he's going to be a nice. You know, he's a junior this year. I think he's leading them in scoring potentially. Um, he's just had high basketball IQ, makes the right play. Uh, he was really impressive on Tuesday night in the second half against against Carroll. Uh, like I said, ended with twenty one, and um, he's my player of the week. Cool, Patrick. Yeah, I'm going uh, co-players of the week. He's cheater. It's too close to call. Got to give them both some love. Michael Cooper at Jeffersonville. He had 15 against Warren Central, 12 against Mountain Vernon, and then 22, 23 uh, against Kokomo. Uh, He looked like, in my eyes, he looked like the second best player on the floor. I mean, he he was getting to the basket. I've known this kid for a while. He, he's getting more comfortable. He's getting more confident. He's shooting the ball well. Uh, played really well last week. If he continues to play like that, they become a, a contender down south for sure. The, the tiebreaker should be his hair. <laughs> well, I think he's really 6'2", but the hair puts him at like 6'4". Yeah, he's got some got some fun hair there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, who? it's hard to argue against a kid like Josiah Dunham. I mean, the kid had a 25 against Paoli, 20 against Scottsburg, and another 25 game winner against Brownstown. MVP of the Bobcat Classic. Kid had a hell of a week. You got to give him credit. I think what Cooper did against Kokomo in the hair, Cooper gets the gets the win there. Well, that's your call, but I'm going co-player of the week. <laughs> Such a formal process because you know we have, of course, yeah. Strict rules here. I had a whole team for performance of the week. I got <laughs> shoot up and spit out. That was just right. two. Jeez. <laughs> well, Brady Kohler's mine. I he was for my money. I mean, I know statistically there's probably a couple of guys out there that are putting up more points per game than him, but I would say Cicely Mullins and and Brady Kohler are probably the three most complete scores in the state terms of their now some of that is a function of size length you know Kohler six eight put the ball on the floor he could shoot threes he had a nice against against the zone against Carmel's zone did I just say Carmel and zone the same sentence um he had a nice catch no step dunk it was pretty impressive and you know he can hit threes he can score off the dribble he's gotten better finishing off off one foot in traffic uh, which is something he struggled to do last year uh, as he was trying to compete for minutes. I, you know, I guess last year he just – I thought he was going to play a bigger role last year, but I think maybe defensively there were some question marks and and 
plus primarily is probably the same. I mean, it's the same position as, you know, Jake Davis, basically, as far as how they would be used, you know, what lineup and all that stuff. And I don't know that he was going to take away too many minutes from, from Jake and, and Booker, but I mean, he just looks, he's, I mean, he looks every bit the high major that, you know, from the offers that he has. And from a personal standpoint, I hope he goes to Butler. I think it'd be great, be a great situation for him. Uh, as far as style of play, I think he's got perfect body and length for the big, for the big East. You know, I mean, obviously he's going to get stronger and things like that, but, but, uh, and I also, I also like that he can handle the ball for them when they need him to. And, you know, he's a nice little outlet and I'm sure against teams that can really pressure the ball, uh, you know, he'll be a guy, he'll, he'll be a nice little safety valve if they need it. Even if it's just to give kids like Kennedy and golf a, a, a break from just handling against pressure the whole game. So, so yeah, Kohler, what he did to the boys in blue was, was pretty impressive and, and he he's best player performance I saw this week. So, all right. Any, any surprises? Yeah. Oh, okay, go. I don't know that I had any this week, but go ahead. Dom, Dom, you go ahead. I'm up. Okay. Um, I was just super surprised how many times Center Grove blew the game against Fishers. I mean, they had them beat in in regulation. They had them beaten overtime. And they just continued to miss free throws. Um, in the regulation, they were up two with like 40 seconds, 35 seconds. I think they just got a stop on Fishers. And they were trying to press, and, you know, Fishers trying to press, take the ball from them. And they threw it ahead to, um, to is, it, is it Baird or Bird? Who's so the kid Bird. for Bird? Threw it ahead to him, wide open dunk, missed the dunk to go up four. Fishers gets it back. They get a stop. Center Grove gets it, and they have to foul. And then the point guard went to the line, missed both free throws, and then um, Gardner Jr. came down and hit a layup with four seconds left and went to overtime. And then they're up two again with, like, ten seconds left in overtime, goes to the line, misses both free throws again for Center Grove, and Tade Mester comes down and hits a three, and they win it. So I couldn't, I couldn't believe, I mean, if he just hits one or two of those free throws, I mean, that makes it a little bit different, but he missed all the free throws. They missed a wide open dunk. Couldn't, couldn't believe that they lost that game. I was, I was kind of streaming that at the Richmond game because my game was kind of a blowout. So I had it on, on YouTube and I couldn't believe what I was watching. Surprising. Surprise of the week. Patrick, what's your, what was your surprise? Well, so I was looking through some of these games, and what kind of caught my eye at first was uh, Columbia City over Blackhawk. Oh, uh, you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, good night. Good hearing from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, Zach. You can, you can help me out on how they did it because I just that just caught my eye. and I, But then I kind of looked at Columbia City's schedule, and – you know they've they beat Carroll, Fort Wayne. They they got within three of Warsaw, so it's not like it's yeah. But they have some bad losses, don't they? Yeah, they lost to Whitco. Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad or what. But Columbia City's four A. It's four A compared to two A. I, I understand that, but I mean that that's what caught my eye, Zach. You can go ahead and explain a little better how or what they've got. Oh, go ahead. 
I don't know. That's, I'm that's, asking. That's just the, that's the thing. It's <laughs> Col- Columbia City really doesn't have like a dude. I don't feel like huh. they have some solid players, a couple football players, baseball Maybe players. Dudes coaching. Maybe that's their oh, dude. That is their dude. You're right. Chelsea's good. I I mean, yeah. They I would have thought Blackhawk would win at home, but I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm completely shocked. Um, you know, they, they, like I said, they do have, they beat Carroll. Um, you know, they, like I said, lost to Warsaw by three. I mean, they, they got potential to, mm-hmm. to give some teams some trouble, but I definitely would pick Blackhawk to win, but there's not a lot of upsets that really caught my eye either this week. One, one little bit of a one was Penn over Chesterton at Chesterton, I thought. Yeah, that's solid. When you only have three guys that score for you all game, it's going to be bad news, and that's what happened <laughs> yesterday. That's going to be a thing for them all year, isn't it? Yeah. And the third one's Pocanoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ray kids, the Ray kids, tough, but yeah, they're going to be they're going to struggle if it's only going to be three of them scoring. I mean, he had shots against East Chicago Central, but East Chicago also is. Flying around, creating turnovers, creating turnovers on the other side of the floor, and every now and then he was able, Ray was able to get get clean on the opposite side when it when it wasn't being turned over. Yeah, and they turned the ball over quite a bit against Penn. Did they? What do their freshmen look like? Uh, what's his name? Miamba. Yeah, he's pretty raw. Still raw. Yeah, I like. Him. Does he start for them? No. No. He doesn't play much. Oh, really? Okay. See, I guess I kind of thought they were going to go young. What's the kid's name that's been playing really well? Maverick Brown. Maverick Brown, yeah. Is he a football kid? Yeah. Tons of – everybody from the JV team starting this year. Well, I guess not – Bonner and Trey. Not Trey or Bonner, yeah, but three of the others are. Trey Miller played really well. I guess my surprise is twofold, but it's the same team. Surprise, Lagodi was that high, and I, I never, I didn't, I haven't really gotten the the idea that they were one of the better teams in one A. And I guess the seven and one start maybe kind of quiets that down a little bit, but then they go out and go over. I don't know. What do they have back, Patrick? I know they lost their big gun. Uh, they've got a yeah. sophomore, I believe, that's pretty good, pretty solid. And it's one of those cases where, you know, a seven and one start and Lagodi just always locks down and plays that slow down defense and their games are just it's hard to prepare for and they're always solid it's kind of like the bar reeve as well yeah yeah i don't don't know i guess i because we obviously and they're not the south knox is a little head scratching i mean scottsburg and paoli okay maybe that was expected but yeah going over is is tough 
I mean, they had beaten South Knox earlier in the earlier in the season. I don't know if South Knox had everybody there or not, but forty-two to twenty-nine is not a very high-scoring game. Yeah, I yeah, I, I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't see it. Kind of snuck up, it kind of snuck up on me. I mean, I know that like Kyler had him number one, right? Yeah, I think I had him top uh, three or four. Kyler had him number one. Hold on, let me get there real quick. Where's that at? Right there. Let's see. Yeah, Kyler had him number one after not having him rated, ranked at all at the beginning of the year. <laughs> it's like, come on now. Um, I didn't know if there was something, and I really wasn't. I didn't know I was going to bring it up. I just was flipping around looking for something to talk about during this category because nothing really was standing out to me during the week even. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess I just did get a sense for who, who they had beaten to – like I don't really see any – really good wins on their docket so far. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, North Davies is never going to be, or isn't bad by any stretch of imagination. They just obviously lost a lot of guys. I think the South Knox is probably a pretty good win, but then they turn around and got beat by him a week later. And I guess if you like Paoli as much as you do, Patrick, the, a one point loss to Paoli is probably still bodes well for them. <laughs> What were they up on Scottsburg? Beginning of the game, they were. Yeah, they were yeah. up like I forgot what it was now, but it was it was like it was the end of the first quarter. Scottsburg didn't score a point or something. It was like twelve to nothing or what? Yeah, Patrick, was, you were texting. Yeah, it was us. like nine to zero. Yeah. Well, that's the old Kokomo thing under Basil Mobby. You play these low-scoring games sometimes. You you keep the other team in it. Right. You know, and then a lot, a lot then of they, for error. Then they go on a big scoring run, and all of a sudden, you don't have enough offense to get back in it. Yeah, I think That's, at halftime, Magody was quite a bit ahead, and then by the end of the third quarter, it was like forty-one to twenty-nine. Scottsburg was up. I mean, not the dwell. But Kokomo played Bloomington North the last regular, like the last single class state championship game. Kokomo yeah, dominates that whole game. It was in the semifinals, yeah. Through three quarters and two minutes or whatever. Then Bloomington North goes on like a 9-0 run. That's it. It's over. Kokomo 9-0 run against that team is like 18 or 15, Yeah, 18 I mean, Kokomo goes from it's like I don't know, by the time the run was over maybe it was more than 9-0, but, but they go from like up five to down six in a, in a pretty quick fashion and they had zero chance of getting back in the lead because they just weren't going to be able to produce. I mean, Bloomington North was a very good defensive team too. You know, I mean, that was certainly part of why it was such a, a struggle for both teams, but, but Kokomo, you know, they're up four with a lot of momentum and all, and they're just holding the ball. Giving Bloomington North time to recover. I don't, you know, and sometimes some of those teams are like that. I mean, I went and watched the Goatee play when they had Bledsoe a couple of times. There would be times where they just would stand at half court and, Obviously, the defense lets them do it sometimes. That Linton versus North Davies game, same thing. I mean, I don't know, you know, who benefits from that. You you know, the, the team that's in the lead, I think, loses momentum. You know, if I was Ligoti, I'd have been figuring out how I got a 9-0 run, 9-0 lead. Maybe, I don't know. 
But yeah, then they go out and over this week, this past week, and now they're seven and four. So I don't know. I didn't really have much for this topic. I just because nothing did stand out for me. So all right, locks of the week. Zach, you still here? Let me look. Yep, Zach's still here. Jeez, I gotta figure something out for that. <laughs> it's it, you know, it'd be, you know, I, I get it. We do like different things every week. Yep, we never do the same thing. No routines. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't have. You know, we don't have any weekly features. Gosh. You want us to call you tomorrow uh, and edit it in? Yeah. <laughs> my lock. Of, my lock of the week. My lock of the week is that. Here are my locks of the week. Sullivan's going to win the first game of the Wabash Valley tournament. Terre Haute South will win their game. Link Linton oh, will win their game. Jeez. <laughs> oh wait, that doesn't count. I've already watched those games. All right, go on, Zach. Sorry. Pick that Northridge game, Zach. What, which one am I doing? Who? What? Northridge. Oh jeez. I was gonna pick a tournament winner here somewhere. Let me That's see. what I'm Do doing. It. That's what give I'm us, doing. Give us Valpo. Do it. I'm gonna say Zionsville wins Homestead. Okay. Look at that. Wow. Hey, okay. eh, I'll go. Hey, well, that ain't bad. <laughs> Someone else go. I had Zionville beating South Penn St. Joe, so we'll pick another one. All right, go, Patrick. All right, All right I'm going to go for my fifth or sixth uh, unlock of the week that never happens. I'm going to go Brownstown wins the Hall of Fame Classic. Oh. Yep. Which, for the record, means that's not going to happen probably, but. That's what I'm going to go with is my lock. Addicts and Kokomo, they're going to beat up on each other early, two games in one day. I think Brownstown's going to sneak up with a healthy benner and get some. Is he, is he healthy? Uh, after after sitting out this past weekend and this week, he should be, should be good to go. He hasn't been healthy in a while, but he should be. Huh. This weekend it was the ankle. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have two locks. <laughs> Does that count? Jeez. Hold on, Zach. What was your lock? Zionsville wins that tournament, Homestead tournament. Zach. Zionsville wins Homestead tournament. What was yours, Patrick? Again, I'm sorry. Brownstown wins the Hall of Fame. Guaranteed. Put it on the board. Wins. Come on, not Dominique. Dominique, you got to pick a tournament winner now. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with it, Jim, because if you pick mine, I don't. I'm. I'm going to be lost. <laughs> go, go. That's fine. I got Lures winning the Laporte tournament. I didn't have that. No. They're gonna. Their first game is going to be tough. They got to play Northridge. That's going to be a really good one. That's the only game, right? They win the we'll Laporte see. tournament. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going Terre Haute North now. Just they've already won their first game. We, we watch that. Terre Haute North's going to win the Wabash Valley. Disqualified then. I, mean, I just got to see one game. Who's going to challenge him in that? Well, I mean Terre Haute South is good. I think. Uh, oh, they're good. Park Heritage well, is good. Yeah. Linton beat the hell out of somebody today. Bloomfield. Linton. Bloomfield. They beat. 
Yeah, Lenton, Lenton's, Lenton's probably better than what I thought they were. And they're they're relatively young. I think they're definitely the favorite, right? Tear up north. They just beat who at Evansville Memorial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say they're the favorite, but that doesn't always play out that way. And then my other lock of the week, I'll we'll use this as, as since Kyler's not here. I'll take I'll take Kyler's lock of the week, but I'll put it in my name. Floyd Central beats Southwestern Hanover. Oh, oh no, <laughs> Jim, you're gonna be there. It's at Southwestern. No, I'm not. Oh, too bad. Saturday night, I'm gonna be. Oh, I'll probably. Hall of Fame tournament uh, championship. I'll be I'll be there in the morning. I I don't Okay. I don't usually go back at night. I don't. It's... Come on down to Hanover, get some Jenny's pizza, go to Get the some game. Jenny's. Get some Jenny's pizza. That Yeah. may No, be that's it. a I good don't. one. Floyd Central's been uh they've been looking looking well and playing better lately. They took Evansville Harrison to overtime. Yeah, that's what I was looking at their schedule. Their uh their six six junior, Brock Conrad, he's been averaging about eleven and fifteen, sixteen boards. I don't know where I'm going to end up that night. I don't think I'm driving that far. So I got a couple of Evans. I got an Evansville trip coming up here pretty soon. For Buff and Warren. Yeah, that's probably where I'm going to end up that night. It's going to be a big week for Southwestern. They got Floyd Central and then they've got Providence also. Yep. I thought about going to the Providence game, but there's something else going on that night that I think I need to see. It's Floyd's two and six. Is that what I'm seeing? Yep, that's why it's that's why it's a big deal. Lock Nice. of the week, baby. It's a 4A and a 2A. Come on, Jim. Still. They have a lot. The, all their losses Jeez, are Jim. are pretty. Uh, all their losses are, you know, they didn't Silver have. They Creek. don't really have any terrible losses. They don't have no bad losses. Silver Creek, Richmond, New Albany, Castle, Providence, and Evansville Harrison. And overtime. In overtime. So, They've got a freshman that's playing pretty well for them. Also, Landon Reed. Landon Reed, yeah. All right, where are we going this week? We just talked a little bit about that. I mean, this this could have been a long ass section just all its own, but I we don't have to get too deep in the weeds for this since we had a lot of games to cover from this past week. Is anybody going to the JHSPDSPUIC Oh, jeez. Invitational? Uh-huh. No, the Edinburgh thing? No. No, not this year. They've they've run out of they've run out of uh, curtains. No, I'm just kidding. Uh no. Well, I went to Wabash Valley Classic today. That was that was some good good games. I, I saw four games in person, came home
North Central's expanded their field this year. Normally, they just have four total teams. Now they have eight. There's just, including Carmel. There's just too many good games there to pass up. Wednesday, Evansville Memorial comes up and I'm sorry, Friday, Evansville Memorial comes up and plays at Brebuff. I'll get to see that game as well. I mean, I'll be at four games probably every day, some way, shape, or form. But probably won't make it to Fishers. I'll see at least three games every day this week. Are you going to the North Central Classic, Jim? Yeah. Okay, Probably there's the one at, yeah. the one in Indy, yeah. Yeah, there's there's some good ones there. Real good Oh ones. yeah. I'll be I probably will bypass the North Central games each time. Let's see what that looks like on Yeah, we'll see how real uh, Lake Central is after that. We yeah. will. Does Pike have yeah, the players back or uh yeah, I would imagine they'll have some I don't know. I'll probably the first night I won't see North Central play Trinity. And then the second day I'll leave probably Evansville right. I'll probably leave the Evansville right North Central game at halftime. Cause I got to get over to Rebuff to watch their game at four 30. But it'll be. So, so Rebuff plays Friday and Saturday. Yes, they do. Yeah. That may be the only reason why I don't go Saturday is just because well I've well I've already seen them. But that would have been a good I, lock, Zach. Lake Central two and zero this week against uh, Park Tudor and Pike. Ugh, I'm not buying that. No, okay. nah. All right, guys. Anything? Zach tomorrow, made it through. Kids must have fallen asleep. Tomorrow I'll be oh, at the. The Homestead Tournament uh, oh, that's for right. Zionsville and South and St. Joe and then Carroll and Munster. And then Friday I'll be at uh, Lawrence North at Marion. At Marion, okay. Yep. Zach, are you going to games this week? Yeah, hopefully I can. I was going to try to get to Homestead tomorrow night, actually. Oh, that'd be good. And then we said Kyler's yep. going to get the Fishers, so. Cool. All right, guys. Anything? Well, I'm going to be getting to the Hall of Fame Classic on the the night games. You going on to the Saturday? Night yeah, you especially. Your you get your credential already. Uh, I'll I'll email them tomorrow. Okay, I will too. I'll put your name down. Okay. I mean, in terms of streaming, I really want to see the the Riley Jeff game. I think that'll be real good. Yeah, I guess that's one reason why I'm not going there. Is other than scheduling is. I've already seen a lot of those teams. Right. I'd like to see Bloomington North a little bit healthier, but because they did, they had a couple guys out when they played Zionsville, but I don't, and I don't know. Cool. Well, guys, hope your Christmas went well. I know we're all going to talk before then, but hope everybody listening has a safe, happy, or a safe New Year's. Don't do stupid stuff. And uh, everybody everybody be safe and, and enjoy the new year. Guys, take care.